Hi, this is Jeff Dixon, and I'm the pastor of Word of Life Miami here in Miami, Oklahoma, and this is our podcast. I'm so glad you've chosen today to tune in as we begin 2019. We're going to look at our word for the year, which is manifestation. I hope this podcast and this message specifically speaks to you. I hope you're encouraged, and I hope you do something great for the things of God. Enjoy. So um, as we continue in the series that we're going to probably be in for a while, uh, mainly because when God gave me the word for this year, manifestation, um, I I believe there's so much to that word manifestation that it doesn't have to be a a weird full gospel or or charismatic or Pentecostal word. However, it is one of those words that where God likes to demonstrate himself. But this word manifestation really has a lot to do with us desiring to see God. Us desiring to see God. And, and I desire to see God in your lives. I desire to see Him in my family's life. And uh, we've been building, believe it or not, building kind of today, and I hate to call today the climax of the whole uh, series because I know God's got more to speak through us today. But without today, I don't think the next steps happen. And that's this understanding of how to pray. I'm going to begin with this expression of how to pray, because I I believe that as we mature, as we grow in our faith, there does come with a point in our uh, walk with God where we come face to face with, how do I talk to God? Um, When I was younger, there was uh, the church I grew up with had five days a week. I I remember it being five days a week, early morning prayer. And I don't remember if it was 6 a.m. or 7. I think it was at 6 a.m. Every morning we'd come in uh, for times of prayer, and it was, would last an hour. And I remember one of the pastors would, would lead. I was, uh, they also would key um, people that looked like they had a, a call of ministry in their lives. They would team them up with one of the pastors. And so there was a certain day of the week that as a young teenager, uh, 13 or 14, I would be paired up, and, and I'd have to be there at 6 a.m. to be part of the prayer leading. And it scared the, the poo-poo out of me. And, but anyway, I would, I would get there at 6.15, uh, no, 6, 6 a.m. To, to pray. And I was paired up with a pastor by the name of Dennis Miles. Dennis um, is one of my heroes in the faith. Um, he was humble. He was old school. And he was Pentecostal as they get. And when, he, when he'd get to dancing in church, he had, he'd get that chicken dance going. I don't know if you've ever been around any of the Pentecost, old, time, old school Pentecostals, but he could chicken dance the best with all of them. And, uh, but when he prayed, his eyes would shut, and he'd get yaying and vows and then, and he'd get going, and 30 minutes later, he would still be praying. And it would blow my mind. He would pray long prayers. And I'd go up to him and I'd say, Pastor Dennis, how do you do this? How do you pray? When I get up, I'm like, dear God. Of course, I was 13, so I'm like, dear God. And, and I would voice cracking and I'd pray for my 30 seconds and I'd have said everything I could say in that prayer. I'd have done it all. Everything I knew to ask God for in our time of prayer. Honestly, it was in my immaturity in my spiritual immaturity and, and, and really lack of understanding of who God was, that I'd get in there and I'd say what I knew to say and I'd get out. But he'd pray long prayers and I wanted to be like that. Then I went to Africa. Vanessa and I went to Africa. Long before 
there was even a Vanessa and Jeff. We went to Africa. And I remember we'd go to these all-night prayer vigils. And I'm talking all-night prayer vigils. And they would pray and pray. And I remember that at this time of my life, Pastor Dennis had worn off just a little bit on me, and I'd learned how to pray a little bit longer. Except I discovered that if I didn't lose my voice in praying, I didn't pray. So I learned to pray loud. It's one thing to pray long. It was better to pray long and loud. I don't know. I remember the, the missionary that was over there at the time came up to me and said, do you always pray like that? I like, well, i got to pray loud. If I'm not loud, then I'm not effective. And then there have been those times when I'd need to pray and I'd sit back and I'd just get as generic as I could in my prayer. God, I just thank you for today. I hope it's all good. If there's anything that I've done wrong, Lord, I pray, God, you would forgive me. Whatever it is, I pray you don't really reveal anything to me because I don't want to have to deal with anything. But just bless my kids, bless my family, bless my job, amen. And I pray lazy. Call these the L's of prayer. Long, loud, and or lazy. Now, I believe God is not going to miss out on those opportunities, whether we're long, loud, or lazy. And there's nothing wrong with long or loud, I'm just going to tell you. But lazy, we might need to work on. And then I discovered, and I, and I don't do this every time I get to pray, get with God and pray, but it is just a tool. This isn't the only way to pray, but it's a tool that we can utilize in our prayer time to help us focus on connecting with God in prayer. And that is using the Lord's Prayer as a model to pray. Many of us have heard it. Maybe you haven't. A lot of us in the room could probably recite it. I remember um, I went to Oral Roberts University for one year, but the dean of, uh, actually he was, I wound up being the provost at the time, uh, Dr. Fagans. They went to, Fagan, they went to our church in Tulsa. Amazing people. He helped me really well when I was there. Um, he was asked, we had chapel every day, and he was asked to lead the Lord's Prayer in closing. And he got up there and he, all, in all his, his, who he was, got up there, and he's our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will. And he went through all of it in his mind, just in autopilot, and afterwards, somebody came up to him and said, that was a really, really interesting way you led the Lord's Prayer. And, and uh, what's really funny is he says, oh, oh, thank you. He says, since when does the Lord's Prayer with, end with liberty and justice for all? Autopilot. Yeah, true story. We get into autopilot. So the idea behind this is to take our prayer time to be effective, to give us something specific to address, to get us out of autopilot. So if you ever feel like your prayers are lazy, if you feel like you have to be loud to be effective, if you just feel like you just need an extra oomph to your prayer life, maybe this as an outline might help you. So when we look at a Luke at Luke eleven one, this is the Lord's Prayer is found in the Bible in two separate places. One where the disciples come to him, just like this in Luke eleven verse one. Then they say it says Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples." And then we're going to jump to Matthew's account of how to pray because I just like some of the verbiage a little bit better for this outline. Um, but in this, in Matthew's account, it's right during the Sermon on the Mount. This is right in the middle where Jesus is giving his longest and best 
I say his best sermon, they were all good, but this is one of his most specific, pointed, and detailed sermons, uh, very full of, of wisdom and insight. But we have this opening, and Jesus looks at the, the people that are gathered around in this opening prayer, and he says, pray like this. Now, before I go any further, I think if Jesus is going to himself, in, the, in, his, in his person, these words are written in red, if Jesus is going to say, pray like this, I think it's probably a good indication that I might need to pray like this. Do you, do you agree with me? That if Jesus is going to open the scene and come into his people, those following him the most, after they've asked him, how do we need to pray? And he says, pray like this. It's probably a good indication that this is a good way to pray. So opens the scene. He says, pray like this. And he opens it with quotation marks, our Father in heaven. So let's stop there for a brief moment and let's look at what that means to us. If we're going to open with our Father in heaven, I don't think this was intended to to stop there, that we just read through these lines and call it a prayer, because then I think we get a little lazy. But what if it's a a means to to give us an opening to express ourselves in a greater works? Um, Larry Lee, who (coughs) pastored one of the fastest growing churches in the United States back in the 80s, I believe it was back in the 80s, Uh, this was down in the, I believe it was Waco, was it Waco? Was he in Waco? Anyway, it, it, in the Texas, Dallas, Texas outskirts of there. Anyway, he, he pastored a, uh, this church, and he, he really brought this to light. And he used to say that, that if you pray the Lord's Prayer effectively, you can pray at least an hour. And that doesn't mean just to pray it real slow. Means to take this as a real outline. And so opening this idea of our Father in heaven, we've got this idea that we need to picture Calvary, picture Jesus on the cross, and thank God for that we can call on him as Father because of what Jesus said on the cross, by the virtue of the blood of Jesus Christ. I like, uh, recently Vanessa read a book and had me read a chapter out of the book. I like the idea of what um, um, Bill Johnson says, thank you Vanessa, that by the very nature of calling God our Father means that we can refer to Him as being part of the family of God. I love this concept that just opening the prayer puts us in a position of saying, I am part of the family of God. And if I'm part of the family of God, that means everything that I'm about to talk to in prayer with God means I get the benefits of. I get to open the gates of what I'm about to talk to and let them pour out that blessing upon me. And so looking at, at various scriptures, Galatians 4, 6 through 7 says, And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We sang that this morning. I belong to you as we continued in that course. And it continues here. So you know, are no longer slaves, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. How? Through God. First John 3, 1 through 6. Later on, when you go back and relook at this, you can read the very last verse of uh, chapter 2 in 1 John, but it says, see in, in 3, verse 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and if so, God, and if so we are. The reason why, we sh- um, why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but what we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. 
This is a great opening to the prayer because we, we set the stage of Father in heaven. It's, it's an understanding of who we are and who he is. It's setting the stage of, of positional authority. I like that word, positional authority. It means that when I go into prayer, I go into prayer with authority that I'm granted by the nature of he is my God, but more than that, he is my father, and I'm, I am his son or I am his daughter. And when I come into, into the presence of God in this positional authority that he has granted me by the nature of sonship or daughtership, if that's such a word, um, then all of this that I'm about to go into through prayer then becomes legitimate and I can have faith to know that he is going to do what I've asked and what he says he will do. Amen? So, moving on to the very next phrase in this prayer, we've established who he is and who we are. Now we go straight, and it's okay to do that every time because we need to remind ourselves. He doesn't need to be reminded. We need to be reminded who we are when we enter into his presence. And then we go right into this next, which is hallowed be your name. This is a time of praise. This is a time of worship. And this is a time of understanding. You remember that the last three weeks that I spent 50 pages of notes talking about the names of God? And we looked at the psalm that says... uh, uh, it was uh, Psalm 910, which is way down later in my notes, that talk about those who know your name trust you. Do you remember that? And many find it at this time useful, and if you took good notes, great, but they'll be <coughs> available again to you if you want. But many of us find it useful at this time as we begin to understand the nature of who he is by the virtue of his name, running these ideas that he is Jehovah Shalom. Remember, this is where we remember that he is our peace. He is our rest and our contentment. I love to take this time and just sit back and rest. It is okay just to close my eyes, shut out the world, and meditate on who he is. This is a time of silence. This is a time to just, it, we haven't even got to making our requests known, have we? This is just entering in to relationship with God. Then we have this understanding that he is Sid Canoe, righteousness. What has he made me by the virtue of Christ so that I can be in this very place? Makedesh, uh, he sanctifies. Shema, remember, he is there. Oh, I thank God that when I'm in time with prayer with him, that he's present in the moment with me. Rofi, he heals. This is a great time to remind my body that it is healed and that it is whole. That whatever's going on with it, has to bow to the presence of God, has to bow to the fact that he is healer, that he is gyra, that he provides. And this is provision to finances, to resource, to coming through. He provided a sacrifice. Remember when Isaac didn't need to be the sacrifice when Abraham took him up on the hill? He's my banner. I love this. This is when we remind ourselves that together we get through this. This is a time to remind ourselves that we don't isolate ourselves in our problems, but we work through them together as a family. This is why it's important to have a community of believers to get through things together. And then Rohi, he is our shepherd. This is a great time to look at the 23rd Psalm and remind ourselves that as our shepherd, we will lack for nothing. He's such a good God. And then after we spend time just worshiping him for who he is, not for what he does, but for who he is. Then we move into the next part of this this prayer, this your kingdom come, your will be done. And I love this on earth as it is in heaven. This is permission. 
to believe that things as they are established in heaven can be established right here on earth. This is where we begin to pray for very specific things for our family. We pray for ourselves. It's okay to pray for yourself. But it's also good to pray for your family, your mate, your children, and other family members. This is where you begin to pray for unsaved family members that they might know who God is. This is where that praying grandma or mother becomes a very effective prayer warrior. This is where you begin. This phrase is very, very important. You might want to write this down. Nobody but Jesus is going to have. I love that phrase. Nobody but Jesus is going to have. And in my life, it's nobody but Jesus is going to have Vanessa. Nobody but Jesus is going to have Abigail. Nobody but Jesus is going to have Claire. Nobody but Jesus is going to have Evelyn. And that one phrase alone has so much power over your family members. Pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. That's, I, don't, I don't mean that it's self-serving. But pray for me. Pray for leadership, the faithfulness of the people. Pray for the harvest of souls. Do you realize that we've got a lot to do here in northeastern Oklahoma? There's a big harvest of people that need to come into the kingdom of God right here in northeastern Oklahoma. So let's begin to pray for that. There's a prayer that you can just pray to the north and ask God that he would bring the harvest in. Pray to the east, the west, and the south. Bring them in in Jesus' name. Pray for your nation. Start with your city, then your state, then national and political spiritual leaders, believers, spiritual leaders. I'll get that word right here in just a second. Listen, like him or not, pray for your president. And then it's very important that we do pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122 6 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. For those that love Jerusalem, there's security. And then this, when we ask about this, or when we look at the kingdom of God being established here on earth, we can pray that we, this is his prayer, right? We can pray that we would be the answer to his prayer. What is his will in establishing heaven on earth, and how can we fulfill it? There's not, we don't fulfill it except we say yes to him. But we've got to know what we're saying yes to. Moving on, give us this day our daily bread. This is part of being in the will of God. Prayer life, church, work habits, obedience in giving. Listen, we've got to be obedient in giving. God has called us all to share and to give. God has called us all to financially be vested into his kingdom. And there's an obedience to that. There's a freedom in that. And there's protection in that. And then if he's giving us our daily bread, listen, he, he does not. He, he provides for you. But he will do even more for you if you're willing to give even more for him. And believe that it is God's will to prosper you. But he will not prosper you if he cannot get it through you. Listen to that. If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And then be specific and tenacious. Listen, God wants you To not lack. He wants you to have an abundance in your life. But I I can guarantee you abundance comes with giving. The next part of the prayer. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Ask God to forgive you. This is a time. We can do this every day. Listen, I can tell you right now. 
that I didn't make it through yesterday without sinning. Please don't leave the church. I can guarantee you, I'm not going to make it through today perfectly. It's okay. That's why we start. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Because I need it. I need his mercies probably a little bit more than some of you do. I can think of a couple of you maybe. But anyway, ask God to forgive you. And then get this. Forgive and release others. You have got to live in a place of forgiveness. If God forgave you, you have to forgive others. Set your will to forgive those who sin against you. My dad has said it forever, and it's, it is ingrained in my life, that through this time of prayer, this is when I say, I choose today to forgive before an offense ever happens. If you'll find hanging out with me, I, just, I may get offended for about 35 seconds, and then I'm over it. I move on. I get over it. I choose today. I choose today to forgive before the offense ever happened. And I'll say that in my prayer at this point. God, at this point, whatever comes my way, whoever wrongs me today, I choose to forgive them before they have a chance to do it so that it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me and it does not affect my tomorrow because unforgiveness has a huge power over that other person and I've got to release them from that. And more than that, it has a huge power over my life It affects my life and it affects my relationship with God because he has done so much to forgive me. Listen, my sins put him on the cross and he forgave me. And I'm going to hold a little bit over somebody else. I choose today to forgive. It doesn't matter what they've done and it doesn't matter how justified I am in holding on to it. I choose today to forgive and release that other person before they've ever done it. And that's part of my prayer life. And this next, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Listen, there's a part of deliverance that comes in this prayer. There's this part that, understanding that if I start my day off, and the idea is this is a, this is a morning thing. This is before you get going into the day. Because if, if I do this at the end of the day, I'm a little late. I've gotten on this bus a little too late. I've gotten on this bus at the end of the route. When I was younger, uh, first day of, I believe it was kindergarten, my mom put me on the bus. She got a phone call from the bus barn. She said, Mrs. Dixon, you've got to come get your son. I fell asleep on the bus. And I rode that bus all the way through the bus route to the bus barn. And I didn't make it to school that day. Listen, I don't want to get on the bus too late and miss the route. I don't want to be there at the end. And this is, this is the idea. This is the moment. This is a good thing. Write down Ephesians 6, 10 through 8. <laughs> Write this down. Excuse me. It says, put on the whole armor of God. And I can take you through this at a later date. This is really just putting on Jesus. Every bit of these Things represent a nature or a characteristic of Jesus. But this is where we gird our loins about with truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness. The feet are shod with the preparation or the readiness of the gospel of truth or peace. We take up the shield of faith, put on the helmet of salvation, take up our sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We also pray ahead to protection around ourselves and our family. We find this in Psalm 91, that the Lord is our refuge and our fortress and our God 
It says it this way. I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, and my God in whom I trust. How does this play out? Basically this. God, because you have, because you have made the Lord. You are the Lord. Back up. You are my Lord. You are my habitation. God, you have set your love here, and it, my love is upon you. You have made your name known. Going back to the names of God again. You see this? It all's playing together. And then back on his name, here's that Psalm 910. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And that's where this plays out. In this lead us not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. I am in this place. I know who you are. You have not forsaken me because I seek you. And then the close of this prayer, for thine is the kingdom. The King James is the one that has this. And I looked at several translations. I looked at uh, going back to some previous, uh, uh, I don't know why translations like the ESV and others leave this out because it is part of the, the scripture. It says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And in this, we return back to praise. We open in praise. We end in praise. And do you realize how much of this prayer is about me? There's moments, but most of this is about being effective for my family, effective for my community, effective for my country, effective for my church, effective for my walk with God. And here I end with praise. And for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power We've got to make faith declarations. We've got to be bold in faith. God hears and answers prayer. And that is the significance of the Lord's Prayer. And if you do this effectively, if you do this well, listen, it's like a, it's like a muscle. You've got to work it out and exercise it. This could really become a full hour, a starting your day out with an hour of praise, an hour of worship, an hour of prayer, encountering the things of God. But listen, there are times that we just don't know what to do. We don't know how to pray. We don't know. Sometimes this has just got to be set to the side. We've got to engage God. Tell him who he is. And then Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up. Sometimes we're just torn down. We're beat up. We're bruised. We're battered. We're struggling. And we don't know what to do. And Jude says, Build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. We've got to get to a place where we have, have an encounter with the Holy Ghost, where we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We have a prayer language that we can use that goes beyond words and goes to praying exactly the way the will of the Spirit would have us pray. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray at all times in the Holy Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for the saints. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. This is what I was just talking about. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And they devoted themselves. This is the, the, the closing remarks that I'm going to have for today. The closing moments. The last little bit that I'm going to have. And this is where it all comes together. And this is where fellowship comes into this. This is where our group comes in. This is where we are as a church. And it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Hopefully we're getting that. Hopefully you get good teaching here. If you don't, 
something needs to correct me and you're in the wrong place. But hopefully you get good teaching here and to fellowship. I know we get good fellowship here, right? How many of y'all gained weight since you started coming to this church, right? Because we fellowship hard. I've lost weight lately. It's pretty good. Bo, you're with me. You've lost some weight. It's good. But they came devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, especially cinnamon bread with cream cheese stuff. Almost, almost birthday month. Next Sunday, we'll be at my house with cinnamon bread. Or is we going to wait till Wednesday? Both. We're going to have to take up some extra offerings that we can afford this. Breaking of bread. And the last part of this. And the prayers. We've devoted ourselves to prayer. To prayer. Can you imagine? What if? What if we committed as a church for the next 30 days? For the birthday month. We'll just say for the birthday month. What if we committed ourselves in March to all just focus on this outline? And I, and I can print this out. I've got an outline already done. I sh- I'll, I'll make it available to everybody um, tomorrow. I'll get it, av- I'll, I'll get it done, and I'll, I'll have it for everybody on Wednesday. How's that sound? We can pull this out. <laughs> it's one page. It makes it real easy to follow. And, and for the month, we all are praying the same thing together. Can you imagine how powerful things would be? How accomplishing how, how much we could accomplish together as a church. The Bible says that when we get together in unity, that God commands a blessing upon that. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says when they were all together in one place, when they were unified together, the Bible says in one accord, then He poured out the Holy Spirit upon them. They gathered in that upper room for for a long time and prayed together. And God did some awesome things. So hopefully that's just a real practical way. It's not about having the right words to pray. It's really about just having help to know what to pray. When we go to God, it's not about using the right words. It's not about having the these and thous. It's not about um, even having a ton of words to pray. It's just about coming to Him in your most sincere way possible. And just expressing what's on your heart to him. It's like talking to him like you talk to me or talk to your spouse. Just communicate. And the best thing is to start. Don't be afraid to talk to him so you don't start. Just start. And start with, God, I, don't, I, I may not know what I'm doing here. But I, I'm going to start with, hey, how's it going? I, I, and, and see where it takes you. And I can assure you that with an effort every day to communicate with him, you will learn to have a dialogue with God. That it's not just if, if you notice this prayer, it, it sounded a lot like with how I go to him. But there were moments of pausing and listening and stopping and, and, and seeking and hearing. And, and make time to hear him talk back to you. Make time to stop and say, God, what do you want me to pray? And he will reveal those things to you. Amen. 
Well, I sure hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I hope it's challenged you and enriched your life. I hope it's helping you live a life closer to service with Jesus Christ. Hey, if it's done anything for you today, if it's meant anything, we could use your support. And there's several ways you can do that. First off, you can pray for us. Pray as we're doing our church plant here in northeastern Oklahoma that God is totally blessing all of our efforts. But also in the area of support, if you want to give financially to what we're doing, you can go to our website at WLMiami. That's W-L-M-I-A-M-I dot com and click on the give tab and go through the process there to contribute. And also, if you are in the area near Miami, Oklahoma on a Sunday morning, why don't you join us for our live experience at 10 a.m.? We'd love to see you. God bless.